0: My initial DM is usually just like, hey, you wanna have a bowl of cereal and jam about what you do? (laughs) And uh, And a lot of people love cereal, like you said earlier. So it's like, a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm down. That sounds dope.
1: rolling on all cylinders so once again thanks for tuning in this is the scoped exposure podcast i am very excited to be sitting down um with this gentleman on the other side of the screen um caleb how about you introduce yourself to the people who are watching and listening
0: what is up people who are watching and listening i am caleb ralston i uh i do video i love breakdowns and i love uh just finding new music so this is exciting i love obviously checking out the page all the time and seeing new bands and seeing the the craziness that happens live so this is dope yeah
1: and uh you know caleb's got a pretty interesting um you know uh playlist that we're going to get into and some career things as well um but i always like to get like a little bit of context for all of our guests because you know it's it's one thing to jump into where you are now versus kind of where you came so came from so how about you just give me a little like story of where you grew up um how you got to new york where you are now and how you just started getting into heavier music overall
0: yeah yeah So I grew up uh, in a little town outside of Seattle, Washington, and um, I grew up like in kind of the church scene and being a part of my youth group. uh, I did video there, volunteered, started getting into it. And at the same time, this kid from the church had invited my buddy and I to go see a show down in Seattle, which was like, you know, a big deal. We're going to drive down an hour down to Seattle. We grew up in a really small town, so um, I just remember we were driving down and the show was... August Burns Red, Acacia Strain, and My Children My Bride, and I had no idea what I was getting into. I had never listened to anything metal, no metalcore, no hardcore, not even punk, nothing. Right. And um, I I had just really grown up with like the traditional like kind of like soft Christian music, if I'm being honest. And I remember going to the show, and Vincent comes out, and he, because ABR is like a Christian band and stuff, and a lot of the bands on the tour were were Christian bands and he comes out and he says something to the effect of like we know that there's a lot of positivity on this tour but we want to get really dark like and I just remember feeling like oh shit this is like this is a vibe like, yeah I can with it. <laughs> and everybody started like throwing their fists and I at first I thought like oh fuck like I'm gonna get in a fight uh, you're cool with swearing on this shit right yeah yeah you're good yeah right, cool cool cool, uh I, I thought i was gonna get in a fight because i just had no idea what was going on and it took like three maybe four songs to kind of get like what was going on and right i fell in love. like i this it's not quite as heavy as it is here in new york but uh it's it's like a very very intense scene and i feel like it's um the venue that i sought out was called el corazon and tiny venue very intimate it was just a really cool cool vibe so i was i was hooked from the start yeah. and um at the same time i was really into powerlifting, and the two kind of coincide like a lot of like metal overlaps with like the powerlifting and bodybuilding world mm-hmm. um so i would lift to a lot of that shit and just progressively got more and more into it Um, at the same time was trying to build my video career. So I was working at a couple of different companies, um, had been following this guy named Gary Vaynerchuk for a long time. And a friend of mine had told me that he was looking for video editors to join the VaynerX, like his whole company ecosystem. Right. Uh, he has a couple of different opportunities within that. And, uh, so my buddy told me like, Hey, you should check this out. Maybe apply. And at the time, I had stopped consuming his content. He has this whole spiel about, like, you know, stop watching my shit and go make shit you yeah. know, like you are. Yeah. And, uh, like, actually doing shit. And um, so I had done that. So my buddy sending this to me, it just kind of seemed weird, decided to go for it, hit up his video guy, DRock, um, multiple times, just kept basically harassing him nicely and yeah in, in good taste you know not yeah. be annoying about it but uh just worked my face off for the opportunity to have an interview and got the opportunity to get a job out here in new york and moved out here i think what 2017 i believe yeah um the fall of 2017 mm-hmm. and i've been here for almost three years now yeah that's crazy
1: yeah and like so, um you know as far as gary is concerned like i've i've been you know Like, I can't remember the initial video or the initial piece of content for me when I first was introduced to him, but I've been following his stuff for a long, long time. And then when D Rock was kind of like first introduced as like, he's the video guy and then Batman was introduced. And then there was these other people and I was like, oh, this is really, really cool um, how he's kind of empowering creatives, especially on his team to do stuff. Um, And, and then like my first introduction, I think when I saw, I, I was like, Oh, like I'm really vibing with this edit. Cause I could usually tell if like D rock was editing or if Babin was. And then when your edits started to hit the scene, I was like, Oh, like there's some extra flair in here. And <laughs> obviously like, um, you know, dude with a big beard, um, like tattoos. I was like, I don't know. I just naturally, I just connected with that a little bit more versus, um, someone like Babin who like, I love Babin and I follow all of his stuff, but he's kind of like more clean cut, like, like limited tattoos, so to speak. I don't know. It's, it's very weird and like hardcore to like connect over like, you know, outward appearance things a in a way in, a vibe. Yeah. So, um, I, I remember I was like, oh, okay. And then I started following your stuff. I was like, oh, this dude's into metal. This is sick. And then I think the first, the thing that blew my mind was you spliced a knocked loose clip into a, one of his uh, vlogs and put his face over. It. I'm like, this is something I could have never imagined. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, uh, like, I don't know how much behind the scenes you want to share about like the process of shooting with Gary. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like when you put that in, obviously like that's something that you thought would be a creative thing. Um, but yeah, like what's a what's kind of like the process with that, and, and how much have you pushed the the metal or hardcore agenda in uh in the Vayner office?
0: Uh, well, first off, Gary's the best boss I've ever had in my life. He's the coolest dude. He's real like, um, we don't get to put out how much like dope shit he does, and like how, like, like that whole clip was instigated because like we were talking he had been on some business call i asked him a question for content for the vlog and he referenced how i love metal and how he doesn't know anything really about the the scene but how he's really quick at like picking up on trends and understanding subcultures and he was saying like i could spend two to three weeks like deep diving into it and i would have a really good pulse on what's going on and what the right moves are for bands to make right and uh and so then i just asked him you know like would you be down to jump in the pit with me or something like that but but that right there to me is like i had always known he was a good guy just from afar in his content but actually witnessing that he took note that like i love metal and i love this kind of music and i'm always talking about it like that's cool shit Yeah. Um, so the second part of your question how much do i push it i mean all the time like i'm always wearing my like, GSP shit. like i always have my hat on or something like that so yeah. all the time everybody knows um everybody that sits around me can hear it because it's just like blasting through my headphones um gary references it often and i don't know i like it though because i feel like like my goal is personally i believe that there's a lot more people out there that could be fans of certain styles of metal and hardcore, right? Sure. I think there's so many subgenres. for one, like you could just, you know, throw, throw something at the wall and you'll find something. But right. um, I really do think that there is a lot out there for people that they would actually really like, and they just have not been introduced properly in a way that is palatable for them. Right. So I kind of view it as like, my goal is to try and attempt to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. you know, cause I love all kinds of music too. I love country, I love hip hop. Um, and that's kind of the cool thing that I found that's melded well with a lot of like my coworkers and like Mike Boyd who runs Gary's um, like playlist and basically all of his artist relations. Um, him and I have talked a lot and there's like a, a synergy between the hip hop culture and what I think potentially hardcore and like the metalcore world could do over the next you know three to four years or whatever yeah yeah i think that's kind of the the nature of it
1: yeah and like i've i've always told everyone like you know there there's a lot of people who would be like oh i listen to all kinds of music but then you like throw like a like a heavy metal record at them and they're like Ugh. um yeah. but half the time like like i'm a firm believer at if you do enough research you will find a band in a genre that you like, like for me, like country is not something that I'll just throw on whenever, but there are certain artists um that have either been recommended to me from like people that I know in hardcore, like Orville Peck. I don't know if you're kind of familiar familiar with his yeah. work. He's an artist out of Toronto, and uh. I think like grew up playing in hardcore bands, but now he's like a country artist, and like so like that's how that kind of came into the mix. Um, Sick, but yeah, like he wears a mask and everything. It's it's actually pretty dope. Um, you should check him out for your your next oh, playlist. Right. Yeah, but yeah. I like I'm a firm believer in that. Like a lot of things, I think you're right that people would be into punk, D beat metalcore heavy metal deathcore like maybe there's certain things that like you know don't get so deep into it but like like you said picking a a sub-genre because there is a lot of you know bands and different things to appreciate out there Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people just don't want to sit down and sift through a hundred records to like find the one that they're like yeah i'd be
0: down with this and then there's the obvious ones right like i've never played turnstile for a friend that doesn't listen to this shit and they haven't liked it like everybody loves turnstile when i play that shit and like you know people have their own opinions on turnstile i love them i think they're also a great gateway into like heavier music as well yeah um you know like like i would consider august burns red my gateway into shit that's even heavier you know and like or, or different styles or whatever but like um that that's that's what we need more of, you know, is like a, a, a wider net, I guess. Yeah. While, while still staying true, I, I never want it. I'm never trying to have people like sell out or like lose the the actual essence of what it is. Yeah, but I just think that there's a better way that we can package it sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I and I don't think there's anything wrong with someone being categorized as a gateway band because if anything a gateway band is a band that kind of like push the barriers of like what's considered acceptable in a genre like knock loose is a super timely example of that um for me like trapped under ice was a big band to kind of push me into that more like authentic recording kind of hardcore cuz there was plenty of bands that I was shared I was like why why does this audio sound like shit and then i was like oh no like it's that authentic sound yeah. to it and you know maybe trapped under ice actually just you know there, there's a difference of some hardcore bands that just like you know like i i i'm not going to name names but i have a homie back home who like was recording with a friend of mine and he, he was like how do you want it to sound he's like i want it to sound like shit <laughs> and then it's like okay well what does that mean like do you want it to sound like whatever um and then when he ultimately like recorded it and it came out, he was like, this sounds too good. It's like, well, what do you, <laughs> what do you want to happen? Um, yeah. but, uh, o- overall I, I agree that there is like, um, some, some things, um, going back. And to, Gateway
0: is relative, right? Gateway yeah, 100%. is relative. like it, it, Like for me, turnstile might be a gateway into what I deem as heavy, but for some people, turnstile might be the heavy and there might be something that you know like turnover is the uh, you know like whatever sure. I think it's, it's all relative you know yeah. but but yeah i love turnstile
1: um ha- i'm curious if you've shown gary any um hardcore bands like i know he's a busy guy but I'm, I'm curious if he's been like walking by your desk and he's like wait what is that that you're listening to
0: uh I've never shown him specifically anything, like I've never like thrown the headphones on him or anything. Uh but the amount of times that we've been traveling and he just, you know, by being next to me, like in the car or whatever, uh will hear shit through my phones, I'm sure yeah. is probably uh, the case. But I've never actually sent him anything uh specifically. Though I do think that there are a couple of bands that he may actually be into. I think the new Varials album, uh, it has a lot of like kind of hip hop feeling elements to it that i think he would really dig so i think that's something that he would be into
1: yeah you were also you were mentioning via mike boyd like you know how there's a lot of things with like hardcore and and hip-hop that that are connected and like the the one that i I can't remember who said it to me but like one thing is like the fact that hip-hop is um very supportive of like guest spots for like certain things and like in hardcore like everyone's like just itching to jump on stage just to do two lines and then stage dive off um i don't know if you have any specific like you know even for me like um you know these are bands that i know that you fuck with heavily but like um this is many moons ago but like gideon when they were on their second album and they were touring around with it um they stayed at my house, and uh Daniel, who played guitar with him at the time, he was like, yeah, he was, like, showing me the album, and he showed me Still Alive, um, which is, like, track seven or something. And uh I'm listening, Daniel's, like, doing his vocals, I'm like, yeah, this sounds sick, and then this other guy comes on, just so malicious, just like, I'm like, who is this? And it ended up being Matt from Cool Icon, and then that's what put me onto that band, yeah. so... I don't know if you have any specific ones where you had that kind of same connection.
0: One, that is like my favorite thing in the world. I fucking love that shit. I have had so many times where the amount one, uh, I am very new and this may sound terrible to some people, but, uh, to the like kind of more hardcore scene, it's really been in the last year, maybe year and a half, if I'm being real. Um, like, kind of the knock loose varials uh counterparts was like what got me into it and i'm slowly trying to learn more and more about it right uh so obviously any suggestions do you have i would love (laughs) but like that was one of the funniest things when i realized who brian garris was i was like oh fuck there's so many tracks that i've seen him like featured on or do a guest spot on that i just didn't know who he was and i loved what it sounded like so i I completely agree one thing i would love to see If we're talking about like guest spots, I would love to see crossovers. Like I wish our scene would do more of that. I know volumes uh, in kind of the metalcore world did something with Puya, mm-hmm. uh, or I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. Um, but like, I would love to see more of that shit. Like, I actually think that like Jesus Piece should really be doing some like crazy crossover shit with some like underground hip-hop artists um i don't know if you listen to like much hip-hop but like scarlord is somebody that i really like he's got like a lot of like screaming like uh unclean vocals to his sound yeah i think him with like jesus piece or something like that would be nasty like it'd be brutal
1: and i I remember like it was a few years ago that gary kind of like as he can in some cases like predict certain things so I remember, I don't remember exactly like what video, but he he said in the clip where he was like, um, some rapper needs to do like something with like a country artist or something. And then lo and behold, like a few years later, um, you know, Lil Nas is like literally taking over the world. I think maybe his, um, the amount of remixes he's he's done have kind of run its course, but you know, crazy as far as how that changed, you know, like how that disrupted the the country industry but also the the rap scene as well. Um I'm uh I was something was on my mind there. Um yeah, there is that one, I'm trying to remember his name. There's uh there's a a rapper um who's like from hardcore and he went on tour and brought a bunch of hardcore bands. Um Someone's going to kill me in
0: the in the
1: comments for this
0: i'm trying to think who who it is i know that uh, like like what kind of what kind of rap are we talking about
1: uh like my friend chad is like really have like he fucks with them really heavily um but like he brought on jesus peace and no shit um i'm just gonna try and scour their instagram to kind of find it oh ghost main duh
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. okay yeah
1: but so because i have to make a cut because i'm gonna be embarrassed for me just having to understand who that is (laughs) um but yeah like um you know stuff like that where ghost is like taking out a bunch of hardcore bands because he gets the culture and you know like something uh at least when when gary was mentioning like yeah i can understand it like something that i've been trying to do at least with this channel is like you know, like build, build the brand essentially. So not only, you know, starting out with doing sets, but now we're doing this podcast and we got some other things in the mix. Um, but cause I, cause I truly believe that like people that are into hardcore, um, arguably want to like invest large, like amounts of their financial earnings into that, whether that's through t-shirts flying across the country to go see a festival and you know make friends and things like that while a lot of things are just more of like you know maybe maybe this sounds critical but like other genres of music are just more for like oh I'm just going like I'm paying a an insane amount of money to like go to this show when like I you or I could go to a show like this weekend like no coronavirus in the mix for like 10, $15 of that.
0: Right. hundred percent. Yeah. I think, uh, I think one thing that's like super interesting is, is what you just said too the price point, uh, the accessibility of our scene, but I, I totally agree. I think that there are a lot of people that, I mean, like me, for example, I'm not like, I'm living in New York. My rent is expensive. Like I go to every show I can. I buy as much merch as I'm able to every yeah. time, probably more than I should, honestly. But it's like, I mean, one, I mean, it's fun walking around with like that Jesus Peace hat. Like, I fucking love that. But um, I think also it's like, it's important because we are fueled by this music. Like, I listen to this shit when I'm not in good places, when I'm in great places, when I'm working, when I'm partying, when I'm just chilling. And so, like, if I'm going to, I guess, uh, be such a consumer of, of the the music, I want to be able to contribute in some sort of way, you know? Yeah. And I think that there is a large amount of us that feel the same way. Yeah.
1: And, and like, it is very like, you know, people like powered in a way, like it's not like, it's very rare for like, you know, cities to be handing out grants for a lot of like hardcore related things. Like, you know, some people are, you know they're able to get things tight enough you know so on paper it's just like a music festival but then it's like if anyone from you know if anyone from like a you know more governmental position is like going to this show that they like signed off like yes we'll invest in this and then saw people punching each other in the face it'd be maybe like eye-opening for them in a way yeah, um yeah uh you, you were mentioning uh shows in New York and New York ex- especially for hardcore is like kind of like a hot spot as far as like um Ooh. the amount of tours that will come through and you know also just like you know legendary bands that have come out of that area um do you have any favorite shows kind of pre uh quarantine cuz New York's kind of in a weird spot right now
0: yeah. Um, oh, damn. There's so many. Honestly, I'm in this like weird position where I some of my favorite shows that I've seen have been at like one of my least favorite venues. Um, <laughs> okay. And I actually really like the venue. I actually really like the venue other than I'll just say it's the Kingsland in Brooklyn. And like, it's a great venue. But they're, I mean, it's a little small. I like intimate. Uh, But there's this fucking pole in the middle, man. And like, the amount of carnage, unnecessary carnage, not cool carnage, just like, oh, that is a, that is a bummer <laughs> like, right. that you see just like coming out every time is uh ridiculous. But yeah, like I, uh do, do you like Body Snatcher? Do you listen to them? Yep. Yep. I listen to yeah. a lot yeah. Every time I've seen them come through, I just, I love them so much. They're awesome. Uh, I'm a big Varials fan. So I've seen a couple of shows of theirs actually just the, the last show I went to right before quarantine, it was like maybe three weeks ago. It was the um Spite Varials I Am um, yeah. dealer tour. That was the Root that, of All
1: Evil tour, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that was great. Spite, whew, they're they are great live, man. Oh, and Orthodox was there. Right. I, I don't know how I forgot. I love Orthodox, yeah, that was probably one of my favorite shows actually recently that I've seen, yeah. Um,
1: we kind of when like things really hit i i wanted to do like one episode that was kind of like fully focused on quarantine and i got to chat with um uh andrew from im and he was just saying like that tour was just like he was just having so much fun and so like i think they had to stop in minneapolis it was when like they cut it off um yeah there's some funny stories like it's with a couple other people but he told some funny stories um, trying to set up shows last minute on the way back to Texas and promoters came about, it, yeah. Yeah. He he, he said um, there was one show that they were going to play with Varials, but they like they opted not to do it just because they had to drive out of the way. And then the promoter actually canceled the show because they put the COVID nineteen virus on the poster. So the the promoter's <laughs> like, No, not in my place. <laughs> um yeah so that was pretty funny but yeah um yeah and that's like that's one thing at least for for like western canada um is like we don't get a lot of those because it's like it's harder to round up but like man if i i lived in new york i'd be going to every show that i could imagine um
0: yeah it's it's unreal and the thing is that I need to tap into better is the local scene. There's so many amazing local bands that I need. My, my schedule is pretty crazy with work. Um, and obviously right now we're locked down, but uh, as soon as this lets out, like I'm beaming for some shows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, and I think it's kind of like in that progress where it like, it starts with like a bigger show and then like you, like it always takes like one person to be like hey you know this show is happening like it's my friend's band or whatever and then that kind of gets you introduced to all these people and then you're just in the mix Um, absolutely yeah um so to kind of change gears just a hair here um you have a a spotify playlist that you update every week so to speak yes um yes called serial and uh yes as soon as you announced that you were doing that, I was like on board immediately just as far as how you were like branding it, but also just like, you know, anything like hardcore related on a creative side is like 99% of the time I'm going to fuck with it. Um yep. so, can you talk to me about like how that came to be um <laughs> and like maybe some of the cuz you do like a when you do an announcement video for the new playlist, you've sometimes filmed in some like public settings. So maybe talk about the origin and, and how you wanted to like, you know, the vibe that you wanted to have with it.
0: Yeah. So the ultimate goal is I, uh, it's such a strong statement, but I personally believe that bands in our space fuck up massively when it comes to, uh, creating awareness around their music, strong statement it's all with love because i love this scene so much so my goal is uh and it's an audacious statement because i've put very little time into it right now but my goal is to build a playlist that i'm able to promote like i'm a band and create content to build something up in order to create somewhat of a blueprint for other bands to you know maybe work with me in the future on or just apply themselves just by watching what i'm doing now currently i have very little time due to my full-time gig um but like as i get more and more time i I think that i'm seeing like in the next couple of months uh, i'll be able to have a little bit more time for serial and like some other side projects so i want to actually ramp it up to where it's something where i'm actually putting effort in Mm -hmm. um but that's basically my goal with it is to help create a framework for bands um to know how to create unique content that helps them stand out in a world where everybody's creating content and their mother, you know? And so, and I don't think anybody sees it as that. I think most people see it as like Caleb likes this kind of music and wants to create content around it. And I'm totally cool with that. And that's also a big thing. Like I want to introduce, like I said earlier, a lot of people to this scene and and different forms of the scene, you know, like I, I like the angsty, you know, shit as well like I, I love what some people would call like the the emo pop punk kind of stuff i love that shit too so like i i love being able to um kind of almost like put out everything that i like to listen to and then also see like who responds to what yeah. i also find that really interesting um and i find it an interesting exercise in like i don't know trying to create a different um not stigma but like a different perception i guess around like metal and hardcore and stuff Uh, because a lot of the guys that i've met are like some of the biggest teddy bears in the world they're the nicest people and like obviously there's dudes that are also not super nice and you know in that world but like i don't know like i think that it's it's kind of fun to see like the dichotomy of like uh, munching on some cereal ideally lucky charms or you know captain crunch uh fairies um That's like this like colorful look. And the way it all came about was uh, there was this dude that was on Gary's team for a while. His name's Elliot. um, And he runs a very successful um, agency. uh, A lot of it geared towards like NBA players and basketball and and that world. He has like at dunk on Instagram. And he, uh, he was in the office one day and we were just jamming in the kitchen. And uh, I was telling him that I want to, Ultimately, actually, this is the funny, this is so funny that I'm saying this. My biggest thing is I just want to go up on stage with bands when they come into New York and like be able to do a guest vocal spot, one track, just with like all of my favorite bands. That's right. really what I want, actually. If I'm being very real, I'm not good enough to ever create a band myself, but I would love to do that shit. So I told them that. I was like, that's what I want to do. I also want to help bands make money, um outside of tours and be able to like work full-time on their music i don't want them to have to go back and work at you know the local sh- smith shop or whatever like i don't want that like i want them full-time on this music because i want to keep consuming more of it and um so i was telling him that and he was like dude you should like sit in a room in front of a bunch of like care bears or you know stuffed animals on the wall eat cereal and talk about heavy shit it's like wow that's a great idea and i i initially like went through the process of trying to figure out a studio setup and all that shit and i realized like that's just gonna take me too long i'm never gonna end up doing it i'm gonna make a playlist on spotify right now start eating cereal in front of the camera to promote it and just see if it works mm. and it was like kind of resonating with some people you know like people seem to be into it people that were not into that kind of music liked it which i found very interesting Um, So I started like playing with TikTok, made this video that you were mentioning on the subway. Um, And that did really good on TikTok. Like I did that months ago, like back in September when it was still not quite as big as it is now. And it got like 650,000 views and I had, you know, 20 followers at the time. So I was like, okay, there's something to this. I don't have a ton of time, but here and there when I can, I'm going to try and make this a thing. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it came about.
1: Yeah. And like, I think... the 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 magic behind it is like cereals like you know if if you if you if you don't like cereal you didn't have a childhood like there's all these different things as far as like growing up is like oh my mom didn't let me eat this cereal now that i'm an adult like i hoard the stuff um but you know having that as like almost the intro and especially like just eating cereal in like public places or just like on the go is like kind of just naturally just funny, but then, yeah. you know, having that be the book cover. And then once someone opens the page and then there's like, like you said, like it's, it's, it's cool to hear that people that don't like metal or hardcore or breakdowns overall, um, still were like, Oh yeah, this is cool. Um, were there, um, certain like things on the, like, cause Something for me, and, you know, like you kind of mentioned it, like you want to be um, es- essentially a resource to bands. And, you know, the long-term goal is to eventually um, be working with bands. And, you know, something that that I've seen is like, um contextually speaking like creative stuff is not the first thing that bands think about it's like the music and the and the live aspect like playing shows going on tour um but you're starting i think i'm you're starting to see bands now like think about okay we're going on tour we need a full-time photographer to come with us on this tour so it's like um we play a show in new york we post that photo the next day to promote the show in New Jersey. And then like, it just kind of continues from that front. Um, but then there's even bands that are taking larger leaps, like varials, for example, like hiring Eric Easterday, who's like, I'm a big fan of his work.
0: He's oh. awesome. He's so fucking good. Yeah. yeah. I love his work. He's, he's doing really unique shit in a space that is crowded by a lot of the same. Right. In my opinion.
1: Yeah. But to like, essentially take a band's like whole album release and plan music videos and like artwork and all that. Like, I can't even imagine how many hours he's sunk in to get that right. And <laughs> it, it shows because, you know, like I, I've filmed bands before and I hit, hit up the like, the band page or the, um, Instagram to be like, Hey, can I get a copy of your logo? And they like either, they don't have a PNG, there's just a JPEG. And it's like, I can work with that, but it's still like, you don't have a PNG. Um, but then at the same time, there's like every album cover, there's a different logo. So it's like, which, like, I guess I use the latest one, but that one's actually looks sicker. So, um, yeah, like I, I totally agree that Um, bands need to think of that a little bit more critically. And if they don't, um, have someone in their band that has a knack for that naturally, like having someone on the outside to kind of, you know, come in and, you know, especially like, uh, with what I'm doing, like, I'm, I'm not expecting bands to like pay my, normal salary so to speak a lot of creatives in our scene have made sacrifices to you know go on tour full-time with bands and things like that um what's um yeah so like as far as like a like the what's the end goal ideally like for you would it be like like being in new york and doing stuff for bands or like going on tour and like Updating stuff along the way or working with one band, just like full time, so to speak.
0: The most honest answer I can give you is I'm not fully sure yet. I'm like, I, I like the idea one career wise. I like the idea of flexibility long-term. Um, eventually I'd like to work towards, uh, developing a, a reputation that deserves that. Yeah. Um, definitely not there yet working towards that obviously but that, that's the goal um and within that i think it takes on a whole gamut of things i don't want to just work with bands like i i find commercial work really really fun um, and fulfilling like doing um doing advertisements and stuff like that um i find doing documentary work on subject matter that has nothing to do with this super fascinating um and crossover too like i love doing um work on like tattoo artists i find that super interesting um but yeah career-wise i'd like to just like kind of jump around and be able to do whatever i want yeah within this scene what i would love to see is uh i think that the, the unique thing that i've been able to i've had the fortunate opportunity to pick up on from working on team gary and following gary around is kind of like i've always been the video guy with a little bit of like a business kind of branding marketing kind of mind but not much yeah just like a little bit you know or whatever but i think one thing that's really cool is i've been able to see how he you know in glimpses here and there of how he operates and things that i want to be able to pull from that Mm -hmm. and one thing that i'd really like to see is like bands thinking about how to make like merch for example i'd love for our scene to completely rethink merch like scrap everything we know of it and think of it like they're a clothing line like burials yeah. i think they should be a clothing line not like they're dropping merch for a tour necessarily they're just an ongoing clothing line like supreme or like lurking class you know like right. they're. It, it's like uh, different things like that, that I think would be an interesting shift that we could potentially apply small, small moves that would actually, I think, potentially help a lot of bands be able to make more money on an ongoing basis and yeah. stuff like that. So I think my ultimate goal is just to help empower them to be able to make a, a living out of it and something that's long-term and sustainable, not yeah. something that, you know, as soon as they have to leave this band and, you know, they have something to come up with family like, I'd love to see each individual set up for their own careers, you know, because I feel right. like that's something that not a lot of people, understandably so, think about. Mm-hmm. They're musicians and they're focusing on their music in the moment, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah. And like, you know, every band usually has a band dad or like a band mom that's kind of like thinking about things more critically and handling, handling the logistics. Um, I think you you hit on a couple of things there because I think, um, you know, they're there are bands and maybe it's not like directly into hardcore because you know like i've i've seen bands like run out of merch in the middle of a tour and they're like buying white t-shirts at like michael's and then like spray painting on and it's like i respect the hustle but for me i would like never give you 15 dollars to do that like that's just me personally and like people can hate on me in the comments about it but it's like if I'm gonna buy like if I'm gonna buy this no right hoodie, like I want to like rep it because not only is it a band li- I like, but it's like it's a well-designed hoodie. It's printed on something that's not gonna tear apart in two years. Um yep. Yeah, I think that there's you know slow moves that are making like I, I know I listened to a podcast with Brendan from Counterparts, and he they have like one person that does all their merch. They don't really you know shop around it's like you are the person that essentially is designing everything for us and then they go over things together with lyrics from newer music so i think you know it's it's very easy for like other bands to like hate on bands for like giving a fuck about that but it's like these people Look are doing shit. these people are doing pretty good as far as sales go so like i don't it's
0: it's, it's all about in my opinion I don't want to say that objectively, but like in my opinion, it's all about your goal. If your goal is just to stay like a very dope, like completely true to the original. And I don't even know what that necessarily means, but like what the origin of hardcore is Mm -hmm. and not try to grow and not have that be your full time gig. That's fucking awesome. I love that. I just don't think that those people should hate on the other and the other should not hate on the purists. You know, I think like it's it's like what do you want to accomplish? And then you should work towards that, you know? And I think that there are a lot of bands that start off at the more, and I, I really hope this comes across in the way I intend it, the more purest vibe and eventually realize like, Oh fuck, I want to do this full time, but I can't do this full time operating in this way. Yeah. We have to do certain things in order to generate an income. You know, yeah. it's not like I'm just one musician. There's five of us or whatever, you know? So yeah. like it, it, I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying basically.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, something like, you know, going back to Gary, what he said is like, if you work hard enough, you could find a a way to, you know, if you have a passion about something, you can make a, a living around it, whether that's like, you know, you know, he's famously said things like Smurfs or whatever, but you know, I, as far as like how that's applied to me, it's like, I know, you know, if I was just a hardcore entity, whether that's just doing videos and podcasts and drum cams and, and a bunch of other ideas I have, I ultimately know that's not going to make me millions and millions of dollars. But I know that if I work hard enough and for long enough, um, it could potentially get to a place where it could, if anything, like substitute a lot of the day-to-day stuff that I need to do to make a living. Um, but I totally agree that there are some bands that are like, maybe just in the mindset that it's like it's hardcore it's not going to put a dime in my pocket um and i'm just going to do it to do like and if people just want to do that to hang out with their friends and go on tour like you like great rock on send it brother but if you know if you like i look at a band like code orange for example like starting so so young and just like they are at that level where it's like, this is their full-time thing. They worked on an album for two years. Like they didn't have to work on the album. Like as far as I know, they didn't have to work on the album and and go sling coffees at a, at a barista gig or whatever. So, you know um, there's lots of those growths.
0: Um, Real quick, when we talk about adapting quickly and being good on, on social, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it. like, I think that there's a lot more that they could do with like their socials or whatever that, but their live stream was brilliant and they did that so fast. And I was like, yeah, that was so sick. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've already talked about that with like a hundred different people. Cause they obviously already hit the waves a while ago, but just, just to mention like, that was so cool to me. And I love how quickly they did that. And I really, really hope that more bands figure out a way to do something of that nature. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I know a huge part of that was like, you know, like reaching out to people like Sonny from Hate Five Six to like help yeah, on, their, yeah, yeah. on the technical side of those things. Um, do but, you know him? Uh, yeah. Like, I actually got to meet him in uh, 2019. He came up for the fest that I filmed here. He was also filming it um it was crazy he like he's like check this out he opens up his laptop and he starts like signing into his own personal server and showing me how he has things set up so everything's automatic i'm like you That's are wild. not human dude you are a, you are a machine um but That's yeah he's a good he's a good dude um and you know like especially like because of what i do is like it is directly inspired like he is the reason why i'm doing that Um, But I can also count on like two hands, the amount of people in the world that I that I know of who are doing this like so full time. Um, But yeah, like it is like, you know, I've gotten messages from people. We're slowly trying to get things figured out um, because it's all it's always like, hey, can we do this with this band? But they're not practicing. So there's a lot of things. But um, if anything, this whole quarantine is hopefully not uh, it's it's forcing bands to write more music, which is exciting, but it's also maybe pushing them to have other things. Um, you know, like one thing off the top of my head is like stick to your guns just prior to, um, this whole pandemic, they launched a band podcast. And, um, you know, I hadn't, I didn't listen to stick to your guns in like a number of years, just, you know, not like my, go-to band but like they're talking about like old days when they're on the road like a 10-year anniversary when hope division came out and just like how things you know so like things like that it's like okay this band can't tour anymore but they already have this like podcast platform that they can like communicate versus like just starting from scratch
0: so that's so sick yeah
1: um, yeah
0: 100 percent.
1: so quickly going back to your uh your serial um like, I'm not even sure what to call it. Your cereal platform. Um, You're also doing some video stuff as well. And uh, you interviewed Matt from Kubaicon. And you guys ate cereal together, which I thought was so, so (laughs) funny. Um, And then like, I think the teaser clip was him being like, I'm drinking milk and I have to play in 15
0: minutes.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm just kind of curious on what your initial dm to them was and if they were like so gung-ho or if they were like a little confused at the beginning like you want to you want to eat cereal with us in the in the van
0: let's see matt is no longer on instagram i don't think right now let me see if i can find the dm uh but essentially it it was a lot easier obviously after the first one so like i had my videos of me eating i can't find it but uh i I had my videos of me eating cereal like on the subway and stuff like that right so the the general concept of like me eating cereal and music was kind of easy for them to get and i would just say hey do you want to eat a bowl of cereal and just jam about what you do on camera and he said yes and as soon as he said yes i was like super grateful um and it, it, it made it so that, like, now I'm able to reach out to more people and, and say the same thing. But there's, like, a, a tangible thing that they can see of, like, oh, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so currently I have, um, let's see, Dan from Gideon, Adam from Orthodox, and then Ryan from Fit for a King. And then I'm trying to figure out a couple more. I've literally had uh, the Dan interview since, like, November. I've just been like this quarantine thing is terrible and it's awful. COVID-19 is horseshit. But for me personally, I have not currently had any friends or family affected by it. And it's kind of been a blessing being locked down and having to edit more. Right. Um, I just have more time. Like, first of all, my commute to work is two hours round trip every day. So that's two hours of editing that I get right there. So, so yeah. Um, but my, my initial DM is usually just like, hey, you want to have a bowl of cereal and jam about what you do? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and a lot of people love cereal, like you said earlier. So it's yeah. like a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm down. That sounds dope. Yeah. And and I'm also trying to ask, uh, I think, slightly different questions than um than like your typical, than the typical interviews that I've watched and I've seen them all on YouTube of like like the shotgun mic the you know or whatever that the person's holding backstage which i love but i i like i couldn't compete with that because one i don't know the scene like you do like you are like an encyclopedia i can already tell in talking to you i don't i'm not there i'm still in the process of learning you know i've only been into like like i got into metalcore when i was like 17 and i'm 20. 26 now so like that's like what nine years so like not very long and i'm just now discovering hardcore so i kind of go into it with like an angle of of ignorance um but i think that's good because it's like actually kind of helping me carry the the new or undiscovered viewer along with me on that journey you know yeah um so i kind of had to take the other angle of like you know, asking people what they're binging on Netflix and stuff like
1: that. Yeah. But like some of that uh, stuff, like is nice to kind of real break quick, it up. Do you up.
0: mind? Real, real quick. I'm sorry. I just, uh, I have to post on TikTok for oh. Gary real quick. Yeah. Post sorry. away. No,
1: that's totally <laughs> fine.
0: It's yeah. Literally just going to take me a quick second.
1: I was like, oh, like, I didn't know if you had like a, oh, like that's the max amount of to... time that I'll talk to Spencer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fuck no. Yeah. No, I just uh we just recently upped our uh daily posting level to five clips a day on TikTok. So I am currently doing all five of those posts. So what I do is I um Yeah, narr- narrate it for you. me. So,
1: yeah.
0: Um basically upload the clip, right? And right now it is processing. So I just go back and forth between the me button and the um what inbox until it refreshes and then i just copy the link and send it into our uh our like team whatsapp thread right crazy boom there it is yeah yeah it's it's crazy man it's freaky it's so (laughs) freaky being the one that's like posting it like it's an amazing opportunity and i'm beyond grateful but it's also kind of scary (laughs) right you're
1: like have i spelt everything correctly like (laughs)
0: well and oftentimes it's him actually providing the caption for it right which is crazy yeah uh, yeah it, it, right, cool.
1: yeah <laughs> that's so funny how Sorry. you just like gary just intercepted here um i'm trying to think Always. back to so you filmed a lot of different upcoming serial tv episodes um, yeah, yeah. um so you're kind of working on those right now um but i totally agree with you that like you know, with this podcast, for example, like naturally the conversation is a little bit more loosey goosey, like things just kind of come up as, as they do, but yeah, like, you know, like growing up and watching interviews of bands that i loved it was like kind of the same kind of questions and i know when you posted yeah. your one with matt from Cool icon like he he like shared it and all and essentially co-signed it to be like this is the most fun i've had in an interview which kind of took a shot at any interview that he's done and he's done a, a fair bit um but i i agree that you know you know the the Communication is ultimately the thing that is trying to do it. But, you know, s- some things like uh, I know I can't remember who the publication that does it, but there's like a rig run rundown, and it's like it just feels so forced. It's like, mm. OK, so this guitar is going into this and it's just a competition of who can name the coolest piece of gear versus just like chatting about stuff. Um, yeah. And obviously because it's a big publication, like they have people that can hit up PR people of other bands and like versus a smaller creator like you or I can come at it a little bit more uh, uniquely and authentically, I think.
0: Yeah. But honestly, I think think all those publications should hire people like you Mm -hmm. and bands should hire people like you. Like personally, real quick, just to go down this road, I think what you're doing is what bands should be doing. Like, I think bands, like you said earlier about Stick to Your Guns doing a podcast, I fucking love that. Yeah. I was just, there's a band that is coming out with an album in the next couple of months that I was talking to there, and I was like, you should do a, a podcast about the behind the scenes of the recording and, like, talk about the night where you guys were like, this is fucking trash, and, like, we're not gonna make it. We only have two days left, and we don't like 50% of our songs, or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, those stories are, like, what what us, the, like, real like hardcore fans love. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh like uh different shade of blue. Like I thought it was a it was a really, really good album and I thought it had a different sound than anything they, they had put out before. Yeah. Similar to Knock Loose, but it had some different element. I would love, I would love in podcast form, I know they have videos and stuff leading up to it. I would love if they had a podcast that talked me through like you know, the different struggles that they had, why they, you know, tuned certain ways and I'm not super musical and I don't understand tunings, but I still love hearing that shit, you know, yeah. because like I'm a video editor and I understand the complexities of video, So like I can at least appreciate, you know, yeah, and I think shit like that, what you're doing with like all the videos, I think, I think basically bands should operating you've heard this a million times but like a media company yeah you know and they should think about themselves not just in the form of audio not just video but in imagery and in blog posts and stuff like
1: that yeah yeah like my my whole mindset of like you know documenting like really came from when i was like playing in bands and i like would set up a like i don't know if you ever had a flip ultra hd one of oh, those little handicaps of course oh yeah a little usb flip out on the side. Um, yep. But. I had one of those growing up and when my bands would play, I would set that up in the back of the room just so I had a copy of our set to be like, okay, like, you know, I want to change this aspect of our, of this song or like so-and-so like was like totally out of tune for like half the set. Um, I think one, there was one time I played in this melodic hardcore called a uh, band called essentials and <laughs> my bass player, Brent, um, he would like kind of like always goof off because I would have like moves that I would like like to do like spins or whatever, and he would always make fun of me for it. And then he was like coming up and jam with me, and trying to like jam off me. And then he like tried to like kind of shove me like as a joke, but then I almost fell off the stage and like trying to recover. So like moments like that, I'm like super happy that I had the cameras rolling to like have that forever versus like yeah for real, you know. There's I think there's a common thing in maybe hardcore or just like music in general where people just taught like story tell like memories, but like, mm. you know, what Gary does is crazy because he'll tell stories and then he'll have the footage from 10 years ago to back up that story. And I'm just like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know how many terabytes of f- footage you guys have. Like, I'm sure it's just into a the lot. hundreds. Oh. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's unbelievable. And, and actually, that's that's a great point that you brought that up. And I think that's something that a lot of bands could be doing more of. A lot of bands are filming and documenting a lot. Like, to your point, what you said earlier, how there's bands that are, like, starting to hire a photographer. They'll post, like, a photo the day after to promote the next day. I think that's great. But, like, they're filming awesome moments that are happening on the bus and backstage that could be, like, potentially – micro viral clips within a community yeah. you know, that could lead to a lot of awareness you know um shit like that that i think uh thinking about it in the way because i saw like you, you take you take clips from your podcasts right yeah like i i noticed on your page like that's what you do you take like micro clips as we call them yeah for gary and like i think that band should be doing that shit uh, i just think like a lot more content um actually out of curiosity, sorry yeah. no, to ask yeah. you a question. Yeah. what What is kind of your goal with it? Are you trying to be an individual that people come to? Or are you trying to create more of like a media publication? Like what? Yeah. So
1: I think um, Scoped started as a very like novice, like I just want to give back to my scene and film bands because when I was playing in bands and no one would film stuff, it was like, oh, I want to watch that back because like Gavin punched Colton like square in the nose and he was bleeding or like shit like that. So uh, originally like loved Hate 5-6. I was like, I want to do that just in, not even in Canada. That wasn't even like on my mind. It was like, I'm just going to do this in Winnipeg. People really liked it. People really appreciated it. So I just got hungry and hungrier. So I started filming the fest here in Calgary. It was under a different name. Um, and it's just kind of exploded and then like with other ideas as far as like you know i i love podcasts i would love to interview people who are into this music bands record labels like other archivists or photographers like the the hunger for that just started growing and growing and so um i think the like it's kind of what you said it's like i'm still figuring it out but like in in a five years time like I would be like, I think scoped is kind of transitioning from being like a video channel and more being like a brand and saying it's a brand opens it up to being like, we can sign bands, we can book tours for bands. Like we can have a studio where we can do podcasts and like, you know, fly in people. Um, but we can also like have that as an office space or. Um, and I'm just kind of jamming like there might be people like, well, these are really ambitious goals, Spencer, but I really believe like there's something here as far as filming bands and documenting the process of certain bands, because, you know, Gar- Gary has been really influ- influential in the channel, whether that shows or not. But like, I really believe that like a set that I film of a band could really pop off in like five years time when that guitar player ends up starting like the next band, um, I should send it to you cause you're a big Jesus Peace fan, but Aaron um, shared like a cell phone video of like their very first show and like, no one's moshing. And I think the caption is like, yo, this is a clip of my first band. We don't have a name yet. And I was just like, this is cr- like, wow. to me, that's such a rare find, like that's so cool. Um, but I totally agree that like bands who go on tour always have it as an afterthought and they f- fully rely on the serendipity of like a photographer being there and posting it the next day to promote the next show. You know what I'm saying? When it's like, totally.
0: and they no fault of their own. They don't have the money to be able to afford somebody of your caliber. Right. You know? So there's, there's the, the disconnect of like we have to figure out how do we generate enough money for these bands in order to compensate somebody of your caliber versus yeah. just uh, you know yeah. you know what i mean
1: yeah and there is a weird like i think you know things are shifting maybe in a way where it's like bands are going to maybe like front that money because like lots of band like bands have fully accepted that going into a studio and like having a proper studio experience is going to create a better record for them but ultimately that's going to like you know, you're hiring the person. And then if that person isn't in the studio that you want to record in, usually it's a studio fee and then there's mixing and mastering and the list goes on and on, um, artwork. Um, but like usually that's the big ticket item. And then anything on top of that, it's like, Oh, we, we don't have money for media, but then it's like, all you have to share is your music. But if you have photos to, Post with the to promote the music and videos with the music in them and live performances like i could kind of like just ramble on this for for hours and hours because i i fully believe that like if you're a power violence band there is no shame in like actually taking a step in towards a more modern media direction like fuck whoever like gives you crap about that because like it will do things like there's been lots of bands that I film. They have no social media at all. And because it pops for us online, like people are like, like I'll shout out a uh, chain of command, this straight edge band that I filmed in uh, Minneapolis, like no social media. People were like, this is so like this, this shit is popping. And then they were like, Oh crap, we need to make an Instagram page now so we can share this set. Um, you know, and, and maybe they were thinking about it already, but I, I noticed that as it was a few days after that, uh, after that set went up. So, um, overall I, I have, I'm open to letting the things that happen 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 and just pursuing certain things um and just being like patient like Gary Gary says is like I don't want this tomorrow like I'm not even like trying to think about like when I should have a patreon or things like that like because I'm just like you said I'm like building credibility like Sonny who films band as well like he filmed bands and you know like you can donate but I'm not asking for money like he set up his Patreon into ten years of doing Hey 56 Six, so mm-hmm. who am I to like be three years into scope and be like, yeah? So can you give me a monthly subscribe? You know, it doesn't make sense in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He has a paywall set up.
1: So how he has it set up is like people can be a patron and get certain privileges with that. So the content will always come out, but as far as People voting for sets, getting early access to sets, um, voting for certain bands to be multicammed at festivals because obviously, like, just doing that for all of them is kind of tedious. Not as far not. as yeah, it it's a lot easier to share a single cam set. Like, what I filmed is what I got. Versus, like, I have to cut between two cameras. It's an it's an extra step, as you as you know. Um, so it's not necessarily like and it's the same for scoped when whenever that happens like it's never going to be um you have to pay for the content the content will always keep yeah, yeah, coming yeah. but there if we had some kind of consistent like money that was coming in it's like okay now we can like fly to other places in the world to film more bands we can you know get better equipment to like do cooler content pieces with bands you know fly people out to Calgary to do podcasts. Um, So that's kind of at least on my mind. And uh, I shared it all with you because you asked.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. That's rad.
1: Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, we're kind of getting to the point where we can start to kind of think about wrapping up here, but um, we've kind of hit on a lot of things as far as pieces of advice for bands of whatever genre to consider for like building their i guess recognition as a band and maybe because ultimately it's not like to build credibility it's like i i want to put on bands so i so they do sell more merch so they do have better record sales and things like that it's not just it's just it's not just fun and games out here um, right. so what would be you know if a band doesn't really have anything as far as like a a person on their on their team that has a social media mind what in your opinion, would be, like, the first steps to take?
0: Go in on personalities, and whatever that means. If it's, you know, Jim, who's really quiet and won't say shit and is always drinking a fucking stout in the corner, like, I think I think people fall in love with people, and I think uh, as an up-and-coming band, one of the best things that you can do is try and personalize yourself. Um, I think... I think mystery is cool and all of that, but I think right now we're living in a time where that just doesn't work um, as well for an up and coming band. I think you earn the right to be mysterious. I think code orange is like um, they're one of those bands they've earned that right. And there are bands who serendipitously go through their career being that way. And they just hit amazing spots. But I think, I think for the majority it takes a lot of work. And I think like, uh, Going on Instagram Live, going on TikTok, like I think, you know, my my boss says it all the time, and I firmly believe it. Like I think, like Bring Me the Horizon, for example, uh, went from obviously like metalcore to whatever we want to call what they're doing right now, which right. I think is still, I, it's not what I tune into every day. There are certain moods where I'm like really into it. Also, they're making they're making dough. They're doing this for a living, and they are hitting way more people than i will hit you know so like mad respect to them they had a song that was trending on tiktok that's huge Hmm. i think that there should be way more bands that are fucking with tiktok not embarrassed about the fact that 10 months ago it was junior high kids it's not anymore it's a lot of people like i think we can all like agree that the majority of people are on TikTok now, and we should be jumping in on there and playing around as well. Yeah. So I think like bands, just I think basically bands putting in figuring out figuring out a way to practically create content around what they do best yeah. um, in, in a practical way. So it's not like like yeah, most bands can't afford to hire you know you to come out and film them on a tour or whatever. But what they can do is they can set their phone up and film their practice sets. They can, you know, try to get clips from their homies in the crowd on their phone or whatever. And just like putting more up, I think I would try and build it like a framework of posting, you know, two Instagram posts a day and two TikTok clips a day or something like that, you know, and engaging on Twitter and stuff like that. I think there's a lot that can come from that. Obviously you have the, at bad of potentially having a clip um, gain more awareness for your band but you also get to see how people your current fans react to what you're doing yeah. and you can do more of what they like and if you want to you can do less of what they like yeah. don't like you know like I, I think there should just be more of like a you know with musicians I think that there's a lot of experimenting and like, like oh I want to try this I think they should think the same way with how they promote their music yeah let's experiment let's try this let's try the idea of doing a podcast for a month let's try going live every sunday night yeah. and having a different band member answer questions and talk about you know the video games they're playing let's try going on twitch you've seen a ton of people in our scene doing that recently that's yeah. super smart you know yeah shit like that i think just having more of a testing mindset
1: yeah and i think that's a really key thing because like you know a lot of people like outside of music or or wherever in the world is they're always concerned about like what they post and like ultimately like um you won't know until you're actually like getting the feedback you know there's been tons of times where I'm like I'm not sure how the, like you know I, I i've had to fully take the like remove any bias as far as like well this band isn't really hardcore and they have singing and they like they're just they're just a little outside of what our bread and butter is. And I've been like, well, I filmed all the bands at this show. I believe that every set matters to, to someone, even if it's just the members of the, their band and their grandparents or whatever. So I'm still going to post it. And half the time, like, like I noticed over time, like people would still be like, yo, this is really cool. Like, thank you for putting out this set of this band from red deer. Cause like no one comes to red deer and no one knows where red deer is. Um, so, you know, like taking those things and just like, like you said, like experimenting, playing, like, you know, any band who's in a practice space, like, there's so much time of just like noodling with riffs and not really liking it until it is good, but you still need to actually hit the notes to figure out what the fuck the song is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, my hope again, like, with this whole thing is like, Uh, I, I feel like you have a good mind as far as like the, the branding and the advertising, as far as like what you're doing on your day to day. So I hope, you know, at least a couple people in different bands can like take little nuggets and be like, yeah, I think we are going to, you know, like buy a camera so we can like post some stuff at some shows or like, we are going to hit up Spencer to like come out more or do whatever. So,
0: um. Yeah, I think please, that... hit please, <laughs> please hit up Spencer more. Please hit up Spencer more. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's such a good move because yeah. the cool thing with you too is you're not just thinking about it from a video perspective. You are thinking about it from like a post production, like what can we get out of this kind of kind of perspective. And I think that's important. Yeah. And also too, like like you know, for the people watching this, like if there are people that are trying to like figure out what to do and they want to hit me up, like I'm down to try and help with like quick ideas and stuff, you know, I, uh, that that's the thing is like, I'm beyond blessed to have a, a job right now. And, um, so I'm able to pay the bills that way. And this is what I love to do. So any ways that I'm able to help other people that are doing what they love to do is also really dope. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I'm a huge advocate for like, you know, supporting, you know, local homies and like, ultimately if it wasn't for the first number of shows and bands that allowed me to film, like we wouldn't be here. So I always am grateful for that and always encourage people to like, you know, go out and try things and, you know, you might just discover something that you love to do. And if it's related to hardcore, that's even cooler in my opinion. Um, Cool. Caleb. Well, thank you for coming on the pod. Um,
0: Random idea real quick before we end it. Yeah. What, what if we came out with like a, very 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 basic super basic like pdf that was a how to get your content started kit and it was like a like really simple right Mm -hmm. like basic as fuck two pages three pages or something but just kind of outlined like these are some areas to start on couple of best practices blah 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 that'd be kind of cool right
1: yeah
0: yeah just to be able to direct people to and just like 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 because i'm sure you get questions all the time of like how do we do this like oh we can't afford this or we're not coming to calgary but like we want to do something like what you're doing or whatever like yeah. it'd be cool to just be like oh yeah just check this out boom here yeah you, I, i've you. never
1: really thought about doing like a an actual document of like in my opinion what is the best way to like document your scene and the the ways to do that in a in a cheap or like free manner like there's like the fact that you could pick up your phone and take photos at a show and edit it like half, half of the people with iPhones now have fish eye cameras. So like, you know, like that's the style of photography that's popular, but yeah, we should, uh, we should jam on that in the future. Um, that might be kind of cool. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, but the, the one little, uh, segment that I like to end these podcasts on is a, uh, either a favorite show story or a favorite mosh story um and it doesn't need to necessarily be like i punched this kid or i spin kick this kid it could have been something you saw or you know something that just you know the first thing that comes to your head
0: yeah there's a lot but i'd say uh since we talked about my job a good amount and stuff like that and You know, I currently live in New York, we'll say a New York one. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. I feel like it was a body snatcher show. And I think it was at Kingsland, that show that has the pole in the middle. Uh, And I don't really know how it happened, but I just got, I just got clocked like hard. And I'm pretty sure it was this chick that was probably like under five foot. And the reason why I say that is I'm six, seven. So I'm like a really tall, big dude. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, but somehow she just like fucked my eye up. I've never had like, like I didn't, like I haven't broken my nose. I haven't broken any bones or anything. Thank God. I have plenty of friends who have very grateful. Uh, But like, but uh yeah she fucked my face up didn't realize it didn't realize it the next morning uh just kind of stumbled into work honestly and was filming gary that day and we had like this meeting where we were going it was some business meeting that he had and usually what happens is like i follow him into the room right so he'll be meeting with like two or three people and then there's me it's like really tall dude trying to look this you know invisible in the corner or whatever right and he hadn't noticed anything but as soon as we walked into the room and this was like an executive you know like somebody that i want to seem somewhat professional in front of you right. know gary's chill and he looks at me he goes dude what happened to your eye and i like looked at my phone then and it was just so like purple yellow like black just like super fucked up in this very professional setting it was, it was just a funny moment yeah. but i've actually I think because of my height I've stayed clear of a lot of like the bad shit Interesting. and just in New yeah. York, to be honest with you, like I'm not as tough as I thought I was in Seattle. I was tough, you know, sure. but in New York I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I kind of hate on the perimeter a little <laughs> bit more than I used to. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I I've heard some stories from like, even like shows in like Chicago and it's like scary, scary times as far as, uh, the level of, uh, ass beatings that happen <laughs> for those Dude, shows it gets
0: violent man it gets really violent yeah. and um it definitely depends obviously on on the bands but any of the beat down bands uh that come through it gets pretty fucked up yeah that's for sure
1: <laughs> well again thank you so much caleb for coming on the podcast can you send us off with like where people can follow you um where people can listen to the playlist just so i can kind of add your cr- credentials at the end here
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Caleb Ralston, C-A-L-E-B-R-A-L-S-T-O-N. I'm trying just now, literally just today, I've posted a couple of things on it, but just today I'm going to start trying to build the Serial Instagram page. So that's Serial.TV. And yeah, I mean, hit me up. Send me a message. Would love to jam. I always love talking music. Uh, And even more than that, I love finding new music. So if you have a band that you think uh, potentially I would love to hear, especially considering that I am still a a newbie to the hardcore scene, please send it my way. I would love to learn. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
1: Well, definitely go check out Serial. Um, it's something that I get to tune in every week and especially the the videos are a great little add on to that. Um, and yeah, I'm super, super humbled to be, you know, FaceTiming with you, you know, you giving me over an hour of your time and sharing some stuff about Gary, sharing some stuff about just your life. Uh, this has been one of my personal favorite episodes in the, in the last little bit. So thanks Caleb. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks Spencer. I really appreciate like everything that you're doing and I think it's, it's fucking rad and more people need to be aware of it. So thanks bro.
1: No, no problem. Thanks for listening.